Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Sally's Rescue by Richard Edison. Sally? Sally? Where are you? Ricky's worried voice echoed off the wooded hills behind his house. It was time to leave for church, and Ricky's dog, Sally, a Collie St. Bernard mix, hadn't returned from her morning run. His pet usually came right away when he called her, but after 15 minutes with no sign of Sally, Ricky became concerned. Ricky, we have to go now, his mother's tone warned him not to argue. With a last glance at the woods, Ricky reluctantly climbed into the van. She'll be fine, his mother said as they drove away. I'll bet she'll be waiting in the driveway covered with burdocks when we get home. But it's cold out, Ricky said. What if she gets sick? With that thick coat of fur? I don't think so, mother replied with a laugh. Unconvinced, Ricky sank back in his seat with a worried look on his face. At Sabbath school, Ricky asked Mrs. Marvin, his teacher, to have special prayer for Sally. Dear Jesus, the woman prayed, Ricky's dog Sally is missing, and he is very worried. We know that even the animals are under your care. Please bring Sally safely home, if it is your will. Thank you, Lord. Amen. When she'd finished praying, Mrs. Marvin gave Ricky a hug and said, Don't worry, God will take care of Sally. Somehow, Ricky sensed she was right. That morning, three boys, Casey, Brian, and Troy, were walking by the river near Ricky's house. It had snowed the night before, and the friends were headed to the big hill outside of town for some tobogganing. With cold, crisp air and bright sun, it was going to be a great day. Laughing and throwing snowballs, they came to the bridge that crossed the river. Suddenly, Brian stopped in mid-stride and listened. "'Hey, guys, did you hear that?' "'Hear what?' Casey asked. "'A dog barking,' Brian replied. "'Sounds like it's in trouble.' Straining to hear, the boys leaned over the bridge railing. In the distance, way up the river, they could just hear the faint yelps of a dog that was in distress. Crossing the bridge, they raced up the trail beside the river, their toboggans bumping behind them. Around a sharp bend, they spotted a dog frantically trying to climb out of a hole in the ice at the center of the river. They could see that the animal had been there for a while, as her efforts were growing weak. Her bark had become a feeble whimper. "'Quick, we've got to help her!' cried Troy as he started out onto the ice. Wait, Brian shouted, the ice is too thin. You'll fall in too. But we can't just leave her there. We've got to try, Troy pleaded. Okay, but wait, I've got an idea. Lie down on the ice first. That'll spread your weight out. I'll grab your feet and Casey will hold mine. Then you can slither out to the dog. Troy slid onto the ice and crawled slowly toward the hole where the dog struggled. He could feel the ice cracking under him, but it seemed to be supporting him. It was reassuring, though, to feel Brian's strong grip on his ankles. Inch by agonizing inch, the human chain snaked across the frozen river toward the dog. By now, the animal had ceased struggling and was resting with her paws on the ice's edge. The dog's eyes had glazed over with exhaustion. She seemed not to notice the boys as they gradually worked their way toward her. At last, Troy arrived at the edge of the hole. "'Easy, girl,' he said quietly as he gently grabbed hold of the dog's paws. Then he called back to Brian and Casey. I've got her! Pull! Suddenly, the dog made a desperate lunge. Troy felt the ice shift and then crack beneath him. Freezing water filled his mouth. Help! the boy cried. Then he and the dog plunged into the water, his two companions unable to hold on. 
Brian and Casey watched in horror as their friend disappeared into the dark water. In shocked silence, they stared at the shattered hole where they'd last seen Troy. Suddenly, their buddy's head broke the water's surface, followed by the dog's. Brian stayed on the ice while Casey hurriedly crawled back to shore to grab a toboggan. He slid it out to Brian before grabbing his ankle again. Brian held onto the rope as he eased the toboggan toward Troy. With one half-frozen hand, Troy grabbed the sled. With the other, he lifted the dog onto it and then yelled, Pull! Casey had hooked a leg around a tree root on shore, and he and Brian began to pull with all their strength. Slowly, agonizingly, the toboggan with its shivering water-soaked cargo began to move over the ice. After what seemed like hours, they reached the shore and fell exhausted in a heap together. Stirring finally, Troy groaned, I'm freezing. Let's get home. We'll pull the dog on the toboggan. She's too weak to walk. Slowly, they dragged themselves toward Troy's house, the dog lying exhausted on the toboggan behind them. Troy's mother gasped when the boys stumbled through the door. She sprang into action, wrapping them and the dog in warm blankets. As she made hot chocolate, she called a veterinarian on the phone. Soon, the vet arrived, and he loaded the bundled-up dog into his truck. Driving away, he shouted back, "'You boys are heroes!' A ringing phone greeted Ricky and his parents when they arrived home. "'I've got your dog!' Ricky heard the veterinarian exclaim when he picked up the receiver. The boy listened excitedly, then relayed the good news to his parents. As they rushed out to the car, Ricky looked up and whispered, Thank you, Jesus, thank you. One month later, Ricky stood proudly with Sally, now completely recovered from her frigid swim, in front of a TV camera at the local station. With them stood three camera-shy boys, Casey, Brian, and Troy, waiting to receive the Lassie Award for their bravery. Sally barked her approval when the awards were handed out, making the audience laugh. Later, after thanking the boys again, Ricky walked with Sally outside the TV station. Watching the sunset over the snow-covered hills, Ricky thanked God again for his love and for rescuing Sally. The story you have heard today is from God's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.